welcome to marriage talk this podcast is dedicated to equipping your marriage and relationships to the extent of reflecting the heart and the character of jesus in every way in this podcast we have pastor priji addressing men who are on their journey to get married remain tuned in and enjoy this conversation greetings in jesus precious name welcome to this brand new day that the lord has given us we enjoy bringing these conversations to you which will help you walk with your spouse walk with the god-given partner that you have and serve one another love one another the way that jesus loves the church and the way that jesus even went to the extent of laying down his life for his bride it's very essential that as christians we are committed to studying god's idea about marriage to studying god's design for marriage one of the reasons we end up doing the marriage wrong way is because we don't know what marriage is originally meant to be we don't know what is god's plan how god had ordained relationships to function like now we started this podcast primarily for married couples but along the way we'd been addressing a lot of premarital issues and helping couples that are on their way to getting married and this morning i'd like to continue our conversation on the same point i'm talking specifically to men here i'm speaking to those that are preparing to bring in a bride and get married to them but at the same time i'm also speaking to those who have already been married and are husbands right now and still have some traits from back in the day from back in your single time single life and uh, it still seems to interfere into the person that you are right now and it seems to uh, eat into the relationship that you have with your spouse i pray that this morning's conversation will be helpful for you in fact even if you have things sorted out in your own marriage and relationship i pray and i hope that you would use this conversation to try and help other young men who are being prepared by the lord for their marriages for their relationships that you know all these podcasts one of the reasons we bring this to you week after week is not just so that you can be benefited and helped but also so that you can benefit somebody else if you know someone else preparing for marriage then forward this to them and let this be an encouragement for them at the same time i hope that when we listen to this we would not do this to judge somebody else the only reason why you might be evaluating or judging somebody else should be if you are intending on marrying that person if you are planning to get married to this person then you have all the right to evaluate this person inside out before you say a yes and get into a covenant relationship with this person but if you don't have any intentions like that then you and i don't have any reasons to evaluate or judge somebody else uh if you are a pastor you are allowed to judge or evaluate your church members that the lord has given you to help and train and correct if you are a father or a mother you have the authority to judge and evaluate your children that the lord has blessed you with so that you can help them and discipline them and bring them in the ways of the lord but 
if you're not positioned in any of these places, do not try to judge the other person. This is so that you can evaluate and judge yourself. This is so that you can evaluate and judge how you do relationships. A couple of uh, weeks back, in fact, it was the last month, if I'm not wrong, when we had Pastor Ebby and Smitha uh, come to our church and talk to all the unmarried people in our church on the principles of dating and the principles of a relationship and how to prepare for marriage. And one statement that he made, it just stuck deep into my spirit. And he said like this, that marriage is not for boys, it's for men. The Bible says, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife and they shall become one flesh. It doesn't say a boy will uh, leave his father and mother. Usually what we think is that marriage is what makes boys into men or a relationship or getting intimately uh, involved in a relationship is what makes a boy into a man. That's what we think. But the Bible says, no, no, no. You wait to first become a man and then you are ready and you are positioned for a relationship. You're, you are going to get into a relationship from that place of having already matured to become a man. So this morning, I would like to share a few things that I think are still standing in the way of you and I demonstrating our complete identity as a man. I'm not judging you. I'm not trying to put you down here. I am judging myself too. Each of us have to evaluate ourselves. So I have titled this morning's conversation as the five signs that you are still a boy. Now, this may be specifically addressing men. Uh, I don't know how much women can learn and relate from this, but you're welcome to listen in and have your own perspectives and understanding from the same. The first sign that you're still a boy and you're not yet a man is that you're still controlled by hormones and not by the Holy Spirit. Let that word just sink in. You know, when we grow up, by the time that we are teenagers, puberty kicks in, all kinds of hormones are going all over our bodies and then we want to try out different things. We want to watch, you know, all kinds of stuff. And uh, we go into this mode where we are trying to discover ourselves and discover the opposite gender and discover the whole nature of sets and uh, physical intimacy. And in that journey, we uh, try out a lot of things and we, you know, want to put our hands into everything possible. Now, that may be considered normal at that particular age. If you go to a secular psychologist, anybody will tell you that's normal. Anybody will tell you that it is completely all right for a teenager to behave like that. And yet, that is not the behavior that you would expect from a man. After having grown up, after having an understanding and a mature perspective of who you are as a child of God, after being filled by the presence of the Holy Spirit, if you are still being driven around by your hormones, if you are still making your life choices based on how you feel hormonally, how you feel in your body, based on the tinkling sensation that you get, 
based on the physical uh, joy that you get, the carnal pleasure that you get. If you're making your life choices still based on hormones, then you are still a boy. You're not a man yet. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8 and verse 14, that all those that are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God, not just children of God, not just teenagers, but they are sons. They have grown up, they have become mature, because now they are no longer led by hormones, they are led by the Holy Spirit of God. May I invite you to a place where you understand that these hormones are there, it is natural, as long as you are in the body, as long as you are a, a human being, you are going to have a sex drive. You are going to have different feelings and emotions and, and things that go into different directions in your body when you are exposed to something. But my question is, are you going to let those things control you? You know, are you going to let your sex drive control you? Are you going to let your... Uh, physical feelings control your choices, control your decisions. Now, we've all made mistakes when it comes to this. And we've made those mistakes, especially at a time when we are not being led by the Holy Spirit, when we are not in sync with the Holy Spirit. The Bible is very clear about this in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. It says, walk in the Spirit, walk with the Spirit let the Holy Spirit fill you and, and you have to walk completely in sync with the Spirit so that you do not manifest the works of the flesh. Let me put it in the language that we are talking about this morning. I'm going to say it like this. You have to be controlled by the Holy Spirit so that you are not being controlled by your hormones. So if you are not being controlled by the Holy Spirit, even if there is a day, a moment when you're not being controlled by the Holy Spirit and you let the hormones take over your life. Now, let me say this. I'm not talking only about the sinful things that we can think about. I'm not saying that if uh, your hormones make you sin, then it is wrong. Otherwise, it is okay. No, depending on your hormones or depending on your flesh, to lead you. Some of those things that your flesh makes you do may not necessarily be bad or sinful or wrong. But if they are not things that are ordained by the Holy Spirit, then that is not supposed to be the case or a lifestyle for a son of God. See, for an ordinary person out there in the world, as long as their hormones are not making them make like bad decisions in terms of their upbringing and the culture and everything, you know, they may be fine. But for a child of God, that's not the case. It's not just enough that we make good decisions or good choices. It's necessary that we make Holy Spirit-driven choices. Now, that is about the, the woman you're going to get married to. That is about how you're going to entertain yourself, how you're going to control yourself and how you're going to be in conversation with your fiance on the way to your marriage day and how you're going to express your feelings and your emotions to 
you know, make a fine balance between lust and love. We can express emotions out of genuine love. And it is necessary to express emotions if you have love. I'm not asking you to be a robot where you drain out your emotions and and you don't express yourself at all to your fiance. You have to be a real person and you have to be willing to bring out your feelings of love and affection for your fiance. And yet, where do I draw the line and stop myself from becoming lustful? Lustful is not just about physical lust. Lust is to covet anything that I do not own. See, when I uh, ask uh, for a glass of water, and I know that I do not own this glass of water, this is not mine, but I covet for it. I see it in somebody else's hands and and I keep looking at it and I, I really want this. That is lust. But let's say that that glass belongs to me and that water is in my property and I and I ask for this glass of water. That is not lust. That is me satisfying my desire of thirst with something that has been given to me. But when we covet something for something that is not yet being given, for example, in a married relationship or on your journey to enter into a married relationship, the body of your spouse is given to you only on the day of your marriage. Uh, It is not given to you before that. So if you are going to be coveting the body or if you're going to be desiring for the body before marriage, then that is technically lust. The emotions I can understand. But when it comes to physical intimacy, if you're going to even desire for it, I'm not talking about even engaging with it, but if you're going to be desiring for it and and craving for it and expressing your words and, and doing everything to make sure that um, you want that body, then that is lust. Even if you're going to get married to this person, even if you're going to be uh, in a few days or a few months uh, going to be in a physical relationship with this person, you cannot desire or express that desire out loud till the day that you own that person. And that happens only when the covenant is made and when the two become one flesh on the day that the two get married. So I hope you understand the difference between love and lust. Love is when you express your affection towards something that you own, that you have authority over, that you are in a covenant relationship with. And lust is expressing your feelings and emotions towards something that you do not have access to that you do not have authority over, that you do not have a covenant relationship with. So the first sign that you're still a boy is that you are being led by your hormones and that you're not led by the Holy Spirit. Let me go quickly to the second point. Now, it's very important for a man of God, for a child of God who has become a man now to have a clear understanding about his finances, about his financial choices, especially when it comes to men. This is very important. You cannot be expecting uh, your families to take care of you and you cannot be expecting 
other people to be taking care of you. You have to stand up on your own feet. Now, I'm not saying that uh, being well settled and having your finances sorted out is a sign that you're a man. No. All throughout your life, whether you're rich or poor, you have to learn to trust in God when it comes to money. You know, if you read the teachings of Jesus in the Gospels, you will see how Jesus will address both poor people and rich people and address them about how they need to still depend on the Lord and not on their money. This was a bigger temptation for rich people, for well-settled people. It was necessary that even the well-settled people and those that have their finances sorted out, they also learn to trust in the Lord for everyday provisions and everyday dependency on the Lord. Now, I'm not talking about how well-settled you are. I'm talking about the financial choices that you're making when you're still a single person. I have seen so many singles, especially men, who would go overboard when it comes to spending on their selves and, and spending on their games and spending on their hobbies and sometimes even spending on their relationships or taking somebody out and all the time investing into things that are not going to be productive. You have to ask this question, how am I making my financial choices? Where am I putting my money into? How am I spending money on a daily basis? Take time to check if you are making ambiguous financial decisions, choices that are uncertain and, and things that cannot be sustained throughout an entire lifestyle. Like if you're going to be having a lifestyle that watches movies every day, go for a movie every day, can you imagine trying to sustain that all throughout your lifestyle? How expensive it's going to be? Or let's imagine a lifestyle where you're going to be eating out every day. Are you going to be able to sustain that for your whole life? You know, you have to look at how much money you are spending on a monthly basis on gadgets, on equipments. Are you planning it out well? I'm not against your, you know, desire to use your gadgets well, but have you already been utilizing what you already have? And are you making the most of them before buying the next gadget, before buying the next thing that everybody else has? Are you making the most of what you already have? You know, this, this was one thing that the Lord taught me, that if I have not made the most of what I already have, then I don't deserve to be blessed with something greater, to go to the next level. So you have to ask yourself this question, what am I doing with the things that I already have? Where am I spending my money? How am I saving up towards the marriage, towards the family that the Lord wants me to be a leader of? So the first thing that I mentioned is that a sign that you're still a boy is that you will be controlled by hormones, not by the Holy Spirit. The second sign that you're still a boy is that you have extremely random and ambiguous financial choices. You know, you can define what those choices are. You can go back and make a budget for an entire month and then you will know if your choices have been ambiguous or you have been focused and well planned. The third sign is dependency on the people around. Dependency on parents dependency on family, friends, even your fiancé or your girlfriend, so to speak. 
Now, this dependency sometimes can be financial dependency. It can be a physical dependency like, you know, practical needs that you have for food, clothing, shelter, that you're depending on the people around you. But the most dangerous of all is an emotional dependency. You know, financial dependency, as you grow more financially stable and settled, that can be taken care of. Physical dependency can also be taken care of as you get more disciplined with your life and, you know, you learn to stand upon yourself. But if you have an emotional dependency on other relationships, then that is a big problem right there. You know, growing up as children, you learn to cleave to your parents because those are the first two people that you see as you're out of the womb and you see the world and your parents and your siblings are the first people that you begin to interact with and it's very natural for us to depend on them for everything starting from our personal hygiene our feeding our uh, need for you know appreciation our need for validation our need for sustenance everything comes from our immediate family and automatically there is this deep dependency that is developed on our immediate family now for some of us it may not be our immediate family some of us it may be a family outside of our family it may be a church family even it can even be christians or believers spiritual father mentors whoever it might be where you receive your emotional satisfaction where you're dependent emotionally where you're getting validated emotionally and you are dependent on those emotional benefits now that is good and that is necessary when a child is born the child needs to hear appreciation needs a physical touch needs that appreciation and and love so that the child is made emotionally whole and grows up in an emotionally whole environment but if that person is still going to be dependent on you to feel good about themselves when they are 25 30 40 years old then that person is still depending on you emotionally and is not ready for marriage the best gift i've said this before and i'd like to say this again the best gift that you can give to your spouse is a emotionally healed and a whole self it's not a big house or it's not uh, you know wealth and riches and the best education no that's not the best gift you can give to your spouse the best gift that you can give to your future spouse is that you disconnect emotionally from your past life. This includes your parents, and I don't mean to say only the bad ones, even the good, loving, kind, generous ones. You have to learn to emotionally stop depending on your parents. You know, when I got married, my mom, she's such a gem. She's uh, somebody that I really admire the way that she brought me up. Now, if somebody had to put up with me for two or three decades, that person definitely needs an award. And, and my mom did put up with me and loved me. My dad was in the army. So, you know, my mom was the one who raised me practically, physically every, on a daily basis, right? Now, when I 
got married as she would do the other times as she would do the previous time she would constantly keep a check on me to see if i have had my breakfast if i've had my lunch my dinner and what did i have for food and and where did i go and how how did my life grow and i would feel good about the fact that somebody is checking on me and i enjoyed that factor till i realized that wait a minute this is a kind of emotional dependency that i have on my mom where i am getting personal validation and i am feeling good about myself because of how much they care for me now no harm in caring for your children or your parents caring for you but if your emotional wholeness is dependent on that then that's a big red flag and even bigger red flag is if you're not emotionally healed off of your previous relationships if you have an ex boyfriend or a girlfriend you know because i'm addressing men if you have an ex girlfriend that you've not completely uh, gotten over then that is then you're still not ready for marriage you're still not positioned as a man who is independent of all your past the bible is very clear a man shall leave his father and his mother and then cleave to his wife if you have not left the people that brought you up the people that sustained you in your last season then you're not ready to cleave to the person that god has appointed for you in your next season as good as your parents may be as much as you got to continue to honor them love them serve them as a family you have to learn to keep them at a distance when it comes to emotional dependency on them you have to come to a place where your emotional dependency physical dependency financial dependency in every way you you are depending only and only on the lord and not on your parents not on your family not on your friends and not even listen to me carefully not even on your fiance you cannot say that now that i have a girlfriend who appreciates me loves me i'm ready for marriage no you're not ready for marriage you're still emotionally dependent on somebody other than the lord and there is going to come a time when your girlfriend now and your wife later would not necessarily appreciate you in the same way and what do you do at that time where would you go for your emotional satisfaction that is when we end up making the wrong choices and making the wrong mistakes so can i encourage you to grow in your independency where you are going to be dependent only on the lord for your personal needs that is a sign of a man and if you are still dependent on others you are still a boy the fourth point and the fifth i will just quickly share them because we are out of time the fourth is that your identity is underdeveloped you you still don't know who you are you still don't know the purpose for your life you still don't know where you are headed you still don't know the call of god over your life then you're still a boy you're not a man yet it is necessary that you work on your identity you work on your destination you ask the lord for clarity on where i am headed to see isaac when his father was choosing a bride for him the father told eliezer he said whatever it may be do not let isaac leave this land this land that we are living in 
this is Canaan. This is the land that God has promised for us. This is the land where the Lord has called us this land as our inheritance. This is our destination. This is our destiny. And I cannot compromise my destiny for a marriage. And uh, it is better that Isaac remains single and unmarried than he compromises his destiny in Canaan. So a man needs to be aware of his destiny. He needs to be aware of his identity. He needs to be aware of his God-given calling. The last point is that if you are still gripped and grappling with different types of fears and you do not have the courage to stand up to your own challenges and the problems in life, then you're not a man yet. One of the things that characterizes a biblical man is that you're willing to face your fears. You're willing to face your challenges. You're willing to stand up to the demon that is trying to fight you, that is trying to fight your life. You're, you, you do not have a defeated attitude that you are a courageous personality. And if you have not yet come to that place, you know, when we compare David and Saul, we see that Saul, even though he was positioned as a king, he was afraid of Goliath. And David, even though he was a boy, he was ready to take on Goliath. And one of the prizes of uh, taking down Goliath was that they will get, to, whoever takes down Goliath will get to marry Saul's daughter. Now, David was a young man when this happened. I don't know if he was even thinking of marriage at this point. But by killing this giant, by being ready to face this giant, he positioned himself to be the man that can actually marry the king's daughter. And whereas Saul, on the other hand, the king of the land who was positioned by God, anointed by God to take down the Goliaths. He was living in fear and he, he didn't want to face the giants. David was an example of a man, whereas Saul was an example of a boy. So, so the Lord wants us to overcome our fears and face our fears and grow courageous and make sure to stand up for the principles and the values that the Lord has blessed us with. Can I just repeat the five points that I mentioned this morning? The first is that you are not controlled by your hormones, but you're controlled by the Holy Spirit. The second, that you do not have ambiguous financial choices and that you be a person that is going to let the Lord teach you and train you and help you have the right choices when it comes to spending your money. The third is that you're not dependent on your parents, family, siblings, friends, even your girlfriend for emotional, physical, financial help. Um, the fourth is that your identity is developed. You know your calling. You know your destiny. The last is that you're courageous to face your fears and your problems. You're not, you know, living in fear. You're not living in a place where you're not ready to face your problems. So those are the five points, five things, five signs to understand if you are still a boy or have you upgraded and reached the place where you're a man and ready to face this concept of marriage. Uh, let me know what you think about this and if you have any responses, if you want to add a few more points, feel free to write and share in the comments or uh, write back to me on WhatsApp or Telegram and I'd love to hear from you. 
God bless you. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a blessed and a beautiful day ahead. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope this word was a blessing for you. If you have a feedback to share, head over to the iTunes and leave us a review and we would love to hear from you. For more details connect with us at pastorpriji.com.